You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hey, Kevin, how you going? Oh, dear God. I know, and guess what? I've already hit the record button. We're going to try something new. We're not going to have our normal chat and criticize the listeners and all their feedback and everything before the show. We're going to do that after the show, and we're just going to jump straight into it. What do you think? Um, you're funny looking. Well, I can't help that. Oh, I, I had a haircut. Do you like it? Yeah, I, I, I was treated to a little blow-by-blow, blow, as we shall say, of your haircut. I know, um, it was absolutely funny. I'm sitting there, you know, blushing with embarrassment. For the, for the listeners, uh, so I had my head shaved, and uh, Kevin will tell you that, you know, previously I was looking like Mickey Mouse. I had the Mickey Mouse ears, because it grows out the side, and I got, like, this... Uh, not driveway, but this uh, landing strip going down the middle of my head. So I can't have the Mickey Mouse ears happening. O- almost like a Minnie Mouse afro, if you will. For, for the old timers, uh, think of uh, Larry uh, Larry on uh, the Three Stooges. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, only I'm not that funny. Um, shut up, Kevin. <laughs> So anyway, I uh, I went down to the hairdresser and I, I got the same normal hair salon these days because I used to do it myself, but the clippers I've got, they're not performing really well at the moment. They're just kind of, I'm almost ripping at it. Anyway, so I had this really good looking blonde do my hair. And I'll tell you what, Kevin, she, she was digging me. She was chatting me up. And, and you know, when she got out the, the razor and she was, you know, shaving it back and, and so forth, she was really rough. She was digging in there and it was actually hurting. But then at the end of it, she asked if I'd like to, to have my head washed and all the little speckles of hair taken off. So I went up to the base and, of course, sat there. And then she ran her hands through... Well, the, the little spiky bits of my hair, because i got number two, so it's really short. But she ran her hands all over my head, massaged my head, and, and, and ran her fingers around my ears. And, oh, my God, I was in heaven. Folks, I was sent a picture by Mark's wife of him sitting there in the chair. And I guess the best way to describe it is look like the cat that just ate the canary but didn't know what the hell they had. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is so true. Absolutely true. um, You you know what? Um, She got to talking to me so much that I was actually stuttering. And I don't normally stutter. But I was actually getting... Oh, jeez, I'm getting chatted up here. What's happening here? So, uh, yes, no, a a very eventful time. And and my haircut... I've got to say, it's the best haircut I've had in years. Uh, She went to so much trouble. You wouldn't give the day... Best 20 bucks I've ever spent. You wouldn't give a damn no matter what it looked like. That grin I saw on your face, she could have shaved one side of your head and colored the other one purple, and you'd have still been grinning like the damn Cheshire Cat. Yes, I would have. Just like you are now. Yes. (laughs) The the memory works for me. Now, normally I'd put something funny of me uh, up on the the blog post and so forth, but because she's in it, I'm not going to uh, put it out there publicly. But if you want to see the blonde that had her hands all over me for 20 bucks only, uh, send me an email and I'll shoot you one back and just don't go put it on Twitter or anything because we didn't get her permission uh, to whether or not we could take the photo. She was just kind enough to let it happen, but I don't like pumping out the, the photo publicly and saying, hey, you know. Well, here's here's what I would suggest. 
You could just so the people can see the grin. You could you could easily crop, crop her out. Actually, I might do that. How, how about I crop her out and and I'll I'll put it in the show notes as the show note picture for this week. That's a good idea. Thank you, Kevin. That's a, that's a very good idea. See, we have these. The, the I'll, I'll show as much of her as I can without showing her face. See, we have this software on computers now. It lets you digitally manipulate your photos. Holy crap, man! When did that come out? Actually, I, I got to tell you, boy, going to the photo shops are a pain in the ass. I went down to uh, we got Paxton's out here. I, I don't know what it's comparable to what you guys have in the states. But it's a little photo store where you go and you can get films still developed and you can get digital prints done. And you know how they've got those kiosks. And you put like your, your memory sticks in, or you can just get an app on the phone and so forth. Anyway, Gretel need to get a print of something done for a friend. And I said, well, look, I'll come in and help you. I know this stuff. She doesn't. Oh, boy, I didn't know that stuff. Crikey. It was like using Windows 95. It was horrendously bad. The touch screen wasn't touching. I had to bash the screen all the time, which... Kind of made me feel good and excited because it wasn't on an iPad or anything like that. So I was like, yeah, fuck you, Kodak. Boom, boom, boom. So I was having a lot of fun. (laughs) But at the same time, it was so slow. It was so time-consuming, so lengthy. There was written messages all the time. And to get it from the iPhone across, you had to download the app. Then you had to authorize the app uh, to be on their Wi-Fi network, which God knows if it was secure or not. And, you know, then you transferred the file. And it just, the whole process took so long that I said to Gretel, next time, can you please just go with Apple, make sure you get it a few days ahead because she needed it for the following day. And I said, so make sure you get it a few days ahead so that it can be mailed out to us. It's so much easier to just go iPhoto, print, done. You know, choose yeah. your size, and and they say, guess what? It's not high enough res for the size you want. You either you, you go with it and say, well, that's fine, or you go, well, no, I don't, and you just place the order. It goes against your iTunes account. You don't need to add a credit card. And the stupid thing was, this is digital damn printing, and then we went up to the counter to pay for it and collect it. Oh, it's a ten minute wait. What the fuck? Ten minutes oh. late, I had already spent 20 minutes trying to process the damn thing in this kiosk. Well, two things. One, listeners, welcome to episode Geeky Show Ever, episode 137, which Mark forgot to say. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're all the same. It's me and Kevin. Second thing is, we, uh, we have a lot of those kiosks around here. We have them uh, CVS, which is the one I tend to use a lot of, or Costco, uh, Price mm-hmm. Club, uh, depending on what you want to call it. Um, and matter of fact, the Christmas picture that I sent you was done at one just such as that. Mm-hmm. But now I always take it up on a thumb drive and yep. I just put the thumb drive in, but the touch screen was terrible. It was like, you really had to bang on it to get it to recognize it. Yes. That's just bad. And then, but, but once I got the photo selected and then the auto crop that they do on it and you can't enlarge it, it really sucks. Yeah. I had to kind of leave extra. I had to get my photo the way I wanted it pretty condensed in the middle. And then because I knew it was going to crop off a good bit of it. So I had to be careful with that. Um, matter of fact, you'll notice in the writing on the bottom of that photo that we sent you, it was cropped a little bit down there. But now once I did all that and finally said, this is what I want. And it started printing. It, you know, it chunked out the prints and you saw mm-hmm. them. They're pretty yep. good quality. They yep. were pretty good quality print. The, the and I just walked up and paid, walked out. 
Yeah, the quality is certainly not an issue. It's just the length of time and the process. It's so unintuitive and so unnatural that it just it, it's annoying and it's so slow. I, you know, trying to because we had to crop out part of it, so we had to sort of enlarge it. But then I wanted the frame to be moved down a little bit and a little bit to the left from where it was. And in order to do that, you'd press the button. And, and and it was like I was back in the year 2000 and it took a jump down. And I had to wait. If I pressed it three or four times, I had to wait until it went down. Otherwise, yeah. it just went too far. And it's like, oh, my God, if you want this thing, this stuff to be successful, update your gear. I mean, if Kodak still wants to be in business, they need to update the kiosks that they have. And, look, I'm bagging out on Kodak, but it's probably all kiosks are the same. They go with the lowest common denominator. They're public use machines and they don't want to put a lot of money into you know something that's going to cost a lot that you know people can screw up frankly uh but it's just disappointing because this was in an actual photo store as well and it was just a really disappointing experience it was so uh, it was just bad there's no other way to explain it and look i understand that they have to get the image if it's from an iPhone, for instance, by using the app and so forth. But it, that was just a, a tedious process as well. And then having to log into their Wi-Fi. And as I said, who knows about the security? You trust them, but can you really trust? I, you know, um, I don't know. I yeah. find there's, it's a little bit better, but I'm, I'm thinking more Android phone or I'm thinking more uh, Mac or Windows PC. Then you start to go, well, hey, I don't really want to link in on this Wi-Fi that's unknown. Eh, yeah. You know. But the other thing, I, I assume, it's a Kodak kiosk that I use, too. Um, now, I'm going to assume, or no, I'm not going to assume, uh, You can, can you also do the same thing? Like, I could have gone on to CVS's website or Costco's website, it wouldn't matter, submitted it everything electronically through the web, mm-hmm. and it, I've done that too, and then just gone and picked up the photos, you Ooh, know, I don't know if they've like got an that hour, facility. Yeah, an hour or two later. But again, these are not photo-specific stores. CVS is a, is a pharmacy, uh, mm-hmm. or the druggist, as you would say, I think. Or we, we call them a, no, well, we call them a pharmacist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, CVS is, you know, they sell makeup and over-the-counter medications. You buy makeup? Not much. I, the, I uh, thought that, because uh, that's why you were there. Yes, you look beautiful glow. today. Your natural yeah. glow. You had, you had to do it for the show. It's it's makeup for video that no one's that's ever right. going to see but me. So it's actually right. for me. Oh, how special. No, actually, it's for Gretel. Anyway. the uh, She'll be here later to talk to you. Behave. Yeah, yeah but... Um, yeah, I mean, you can. They, it's a multi-purpose store, I guess, is what I'm trying to yeah. say. You know, they. It's a fairly large store. I like it. It's convenient. Um, Costco's a little further away. Still does a good job. You can do the same thing at Walmart. Now, the closest thing I think we have to a camera store around here still is, I believe, there's still a Ritz camera in our in the mall here in town. Mm-hmm. That I think they have the same thing. They have a kiosk too that you can go to and. You know, do do that. I've never used theirs. Mm-hmm. I've only used you know Costco and um, CVS. I th- yeah, those are the only two that I've ever used. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty immediate. I mean, I went in there even with all the problem. I was in and out in I don't know about twenty minutes, paid for and back home on my way back home. Mm-hmm. 
and most of that time was spent with uh, waiting for it to print. Oh, what did I get? Sixty prints or something like mm-hmm. that. So it was a fairly large number. But because yeah. we produced that photo, the Christ- the family Christmas photo, we produce it so close to the time when we want to send it. You know, I don't have time to do like you said, send it off to Apple. Yeah, that does take a. It takes probably for Australia anywhere up to about ten working days, which is two weeks, of course. So you do need to get organised. But boy, I, you know, I wish I could walk into an Apple store and they had like an AirPrint compatible printer, and you just went print from your device and and you paid Apple the money that way, or or pick it up from that store. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean. Imagine just, oh, I'm, I'm in the shop. So yeah, the Apple store's 50 meters down there. Oh, I'll just place an order via my iPhone and, and have it print at the store. Yep, I want it at the Hornsby store. That's my local store. Uh, and I'll go, and, I'll go and pick it up in 15 minutes. I, and, and it's already paid for. You just go in, you, you, you walk up, you pick it up, and, and you go. It'd be great. Well, wouldn't work for me because the nearest Apple store is like an hour and 20 minutes from my house. Apple doesn't like you, Kevin. They don't, even despite how much money I've spent with them. I know. Bastards. It must... No, let's be fair. It can't be you. It must be your bloody neighbours. They must be Uh, PC users and Android users. That's what the problem is. We'll go with that thought. Yes, let's go with that. I have to tell you something. You're talking about Apple. This week, I uh, I had to shift my office around it uh, where I work. And I pulled out of the corner... My Mac Classic 2. This mm-hmm. is vintage 1993. 93, 94. Yeah, bingo. Another one. Um, it looks like the original Mac 128, which just celebrated its 30th anniversary. So that's why I'm buying it. I set it on my desk the way I had to reconfigure things and set it in front of my Windows machine that I'm actually working on. Booted it up, and lo and behold, she fired right up. Could launch Word and Excel. Um, it, it, it ran fine. The screen, sa- the after dark screensaver kicked in. Oh, wow. I remember after dark. It was, you know, it was very cool. The only thing that, that it acted a little wonky was the, uh, the, the roller ball and the mouse doesn't act quite right. The rollers are all clean, but unless I, I almost had to hold the mouse up and move the ball with my, my finger didn't want to flow <laughs> Kevin, the way you described that, hold the mouse up and move the ball. Mate, I was thinking of something completely different just then. Oh, <laughs> uh, you filthy-minded old little bastard. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking to you. That, that, that's what happens when I talk to you. Ah, uh, bugger you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Throw so you in a bowl of Jello. The I uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't get started on the chili versus Jello. I I still have no friggin' idea what we're talking about. <laughs> I, I need a, a Jello and chili how to for dummies. That's what I need. I'll mail you a box of Jello. Sounds good. I'll include that in the next care package I send you to you. Awesome. So, um, but anyway, the 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 good old girl. She just fired up. Worked perfectly. Couple of my, I called the the uh, network guys and they said, "Hey, I'm having trouble getting my computer on network." And they came back there, and one of them's a fairly young guy, and he was, like, "What do you mean? What is that?" <laughs> I have a feeling the computer was at least as old as he was. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe not. And he went, "Well, how would you get it on network?" I said, "Dude, give it up. It's it's Apple, it's ADB Apple Desktop Bus. You're not going to find a network port on the back of this thing. Not anymore." 
So, uh, but yeah, she, uh, my old Mac Classic 2 fired right up. I was trying to remember how to do stuff, and I couldn't, I was having a hard time. Yeah, you know to, what's funny? Back back in those days, um, like, I'm the same, I used to know how to do everything on it. Now, if I went back to it, I wouldn't have a clue. Actually, one thing that I used to love doing was I used to love changing out the enablers on on the Mac. I had some fascination that if I put a 601 processor enabler into a, a 040 uh, Motorola processor unit, that I'd all of a sudden get power PC performance. Of course, I was a teenager and knew absolutely nothing, so I was just playing around. It was on the disc. It came on the, the uh, 7.1 disc for the 575 I had, and it was just like... Well, it's there for a reason, I'll, and I'll swap it out, and I played with it, and sometimes it went kaput, and I had to reinstall everything, but it was, those days were, you, you could get your hands a little bit more dirty than you can now. Um, like, <laughs> now, I thought of something else, but never mind. <laughs> well, no, but that's when I go to certain websites, Kevin. Oh, jeez. But you could, you could sort of play around with the operating system and go into areas that now Apple locks off, and... And now that there's so many uh, subdirectories and, and subfiles that it, it's very hard to actually know what each individual file resource or file fork actually does and, and what its purpose is. So you can really screw up your Mac these days quite easily, whereas back then it was a lot simpler and you could sort of just play around and not worry about it too much. Well, see, back in those days when I had bought that and I bought it used, um, that was when I was a part-time Mac user. I was really only using a Mac maybe 5% of the time, if that much. I was very, because I was too heavy. I mean, I was making my living, which I still am, using Windows and stuff like that. So, I mean, I was heavy into it. It was 2005 or early 2006 when I threw up my hands and said, I have had enough of this crap. I want to make my life simple on one side. So that's when I switched over to become as full-time Mac users I could here at home. And I'm known at the office as the Macintosh zealot or fanboy, or they come up with all kinds of interesting terms for me. Um, and I've converted several people over to using the Macs <laughs> or I actually converted a, a person that was ahead of the service desk at one time over. And uh, she had had a long career in working with windows machines and I converted her over to Mac and she floats back and forth now. Um, uh, you know, as, as I always say, the best thing is a Mac can run Windows, but Windows cannot run a Mac. Yeah, that's very true. But, uh, yeah, the old girl fired up and ran fine. Uh, awesome. Didn't have any trouble at all. It was it was really nice, and uh, I let it play for the afternoon. Just sit there Friday afternoon, just had the thunderstorm going every time. Somebody would come around the corner to my office and go, what? Well, what the hell? <laughs> Now, you know, with, with the After Dark screensaver, which one did you do? Did you do the good old-fashioned uh, toaster flying across the screen? No, it was the Thunderstorm. Oh, the thun uh, Thunderstorm theme. Was that the one the with the city view and then the stars and then occasionally the thunderstrikes would come down? No, it was rain. It was a heavy rain with the city view in the background. I think I recall it, but you know what? It's been, it's, as you know, it's been so many years since... Uh, after dark has been around and, and we all used it that you know I, i'm sure if i saw it immediately like oh, i remember that one you know that was well, I, sorry i i was gonna say i told people they said well that's just a screensaver i said yeah but this is at a time when the screensaver actually served a purpose yes it actually did save the screen 
it actually did on those phosphorus screens. It's not like on these LCD screens and stuff that we have now. They don't, you don't have to worry. I can still remember working on computers and seeing the burn in on a phosphor screen. Oh yeah, you know, especially if you had an external screen. I, re- I remember I had a uh, back when I was uh, working for the government. I used to have a digital, um, no digital, just straight digital. It was a a sub. Um, subsystem of compact at that stage in australia anyway it was a pretty good system for a windows uh pc um it wasn't too bad but it had an external display and if anything was on the display for too long when you went and turned the display off you could still see it in the screen after it had turned off and eventually it would sort of die down and you wouldn't be it would go to pure black uh but of course if you left it on say overnight for like 12 hours or something yeah, your, your display's pretty much screwed. You will always see that then on the display. It just yeah, never we, went away. It was always like a ghosting kind of shadow effect. Yeah, we had... Um, I can't remember who made them. They were the amber on black screens. They were monochrome screens, you know, just one color. Mm-hmm. And this was back in DOS days. And um trying to remember... It was, it was, I can't remember the name. Oh, a Princeton Graphics. That's what the company was. Uh, they're an old company. Well, they're gone now. But anyway, uh, we had some of their displays that were amber on black, which was easier on the eyes for some people than the green on black display. But yeah, there were, we had two or three of them that people left up with the uh, DBase 3 Plus menu. Mm-hmm. And it would burn right into the screen. Oh, yeah. You could see. Well, that, that, when, that Apple menu bar used to burn into the screen because it was on there all the time. So not that you could really play video full screen back in those days. But if you could, then you'd actually see the menu bar at the top because you used to be able to see it at boot up. Right. You know, I, I mine I got to remember how to do it. When mine boots up, there's, uh, and I just didn't look to see because I'm sure I can figure it out. There's a message that comes up. And it's not a very nice message. I don't remember how that message ended up in there. Well, there used to be a welcome to Macintosh, and then you used to be able to somehow, and I can't remember how, add another message. You can still do that. that. Um, you can still, on, on the Mac, add a, uh, a message at the login screen. Um, I know how to do that in OS ten. I don't remember how to do it in System 7. <laughs> no, neither do I. I. I couldn't even tell you. You know, we we should do an episode just on System 7 because that was the first Mac OS I actually used. But, you know, Mac being 30th anniversary. Uh, that was the first Mac OS I ever used was 7.1. Um, so that would actually be interesting. I, I, we need to go back, though, and, and look through some of the old documentation and look at some old videos on YouTube first because I, rem- I remember a lot, but I also forget a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I because I wasn't a full-time Mac user, that kind of stuff didn't stick with me. Mm-hmm. I can sit down and still write a batch program in DOS if, without too much trouble, but if I had to write, do something in OS or System 7, I don't think I could do it. I got to look. I did have a System 7 book, you know, one of the ones aftermarket books that you could buy. It was a nice thick one, but I don't know what the hell I did with Or no, it might have been one of the manuals that came with that system. Back then, they came with... Beefy manuals that basically yeah, look like it, it. Does it have the the uh, the metal spiral um, bind, or does it have a solid bind? Because generally, the manuals at that stage were coming with the the spiral binds. You know, it's been so long since I've seen the book, and I don't know where it is off the top of my head. Um, 
I'll have to look around and see if I can still find the book. That would probably be the quickest way. I Googled it real quick the other day to see if I could find an answer to it, and I couldn't. But it's uh, So if anybody, any of the listeners, happen to remember how to, in System 7, change that Welcome to Macintosh message, which I think one of my friends or somebody, or maybe the guy I bought that computer for had changed it around, and he showed me how to change it back, and I played with it, but I never changed it back to Welcome to Macintosh. If any of our listeners happen to remember how to do that, let me know. And there's a challenge. Yeah, there's a challenge. Because it's been so long, I have no freaking clue. I do not remember how to do it. The the other funny thing was somebody said, what goes in that slot right there? How do you get a CD in that slot? <laughs> oh, really? Or were, they, were they serious? Well, again, it was somebody that was fairly young and had never seen, didn't remember floppy disks that well. Uh, uh, Kevin, please tell me they're not in the IT department. No. Oh, thank God. Because I was going to say, if they were, you should kick them out and suck them immediately. No, no. And I said, nope. And I walked around, and I still in my desk, I had uh, about a handful, about a stack about that thick of uh, floppy disks. Very cool. Uh, most, most of them were IBM formatted, but I could reformat them real oh, quickly. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. You can always reformat them to Mac. Yeah. The only one I wouldn't reformat that I found in that stack when I was looking for something else... I actually still have, for troubleshooting purposes, and I, it must have got pushed to the back, I still had a Windows 95 boot disk. Uh, so, you, Kevin, I'll tell you what, if the apocalypse ever happens, you should keep that, just in case you need access to an old Windows 95 box. You, you just have to. Well, I mean, it's it's just so funny. Now I can't pair and part with it. It's a... And it, I don't know that I have anything that I can read a three-and-a-half-inch floppy on anymore in an IBM machine. You, you know what's... Uh, yeah, you can't even buy the external. You used to be able to buy an external USB um, floppy drive because Apple had them, as you know. Um, but even those ones, even third-party ones, aren't available anymore. So, uh, aren't, yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. Are they? Yeah, yes. Uh, I'll look real quick, but I'm pretty sure... Uh, you can buy even the five and a quarter USB floppy drives. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. I've learned something new. Because yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't think you could. Yeah. Here we go. Amazon, fourteen dollars. Yeah, you gotta love Amazon. <laughs> if it's not Amazon, it's eBay. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> what what interface? USB. Yeah. As is that for the the five and a quarter as well? Uh, three and a half, three and a half. Well, let's, let's, you know, just to make it exciting for our listeners. This, this is see. live podcasting. Yeah, let's say five and a quarter. And it's searching. No, they're not showing any five and a quarter ones. What? So it looks like they've officially killed that format. But you know what? It, it's pretty cool. I, I remember first getting floppies back before they were high density. And I'm talking three and a half here. Um, so you had them uh, where they weren't high density. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but they were about 600 kilobytes of storage. Uh, the first one, no, the first five and a quarters that I fooled around with. No, three, were, three and a half, so I'm talking about. Oh, three and a half. Um, on the Mac side, they were 400K. That's right. On, on the uh, PC side, they were 720K. Mm-hmm. And 400K now, you'd be lucky to get a standard text document to save it at that size. It's uh, 
well, if you're not quite funny. If you're not so voluminous and so full of hot air when you write your text document, yeah, you could. Fuck you, my writing's good. (laughs) (laughs) But well said. Yes, yes. Well, now now we'll take the the old Apple gear and we'll step forward in time. I hooked up my new Apple uh, Airport Extreme. Oh, you got one. Well, I didn't get one of the brand new ones. I got the previous you got the flat gen, ones. Yeah, refurbished. Yep. It was a hell of a deal I got on it. Um, got it from Apple. I think I got it for $89. So $89? Jeez, that's all right. Yes. Um, and I'm really pleased with it. It's the first Apple router I've ever had. And my God, it makes life easier. Better than the uh, Linksys and the other stuff I've fooled around with. Done with them. Kevin's Kevin's now switched off to, to Apple routers. So yeah, I, I can't blame you for that. the The setup is so easy, and the management is even easier. Basically, there is no management once you set up. Unless you're changing something, you don't need to touch it again. Well, my my family is um, my my one daughter with the iPad is uh, very distraught because now I can actually control the time of day that she has access to. Uh, to the internet and stuff like that so that she can't sit up all night, you know, listening to music or something, you know, YouTube music or streaming services or whatever. So I have, uh, I, I now have that under tight, tightly under control. Very cool. Um, the next thing I can do is figure out how to filter particular services. Like, you know, by, if I can look at her, uh, uh, uh Mac address and filter based on her Mac address. To Try, say um, open DNS. That's what I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. I have, I haven't, I haven't. I've just delved into it, and I know I can do it. I just gotta work my way into it. I. It's really good. It's just it's very. Com- I don't want to say complicated. It's complicated if you're not used to it, um, and if you're just learning. But once you get used to it, it's, it's very easy to just modify and, and make changes on the go. Yeah, like, no, like no. anything, I guess. Yeah, no. I, I mean, it all looks somewhat familiar to me. But I just need to twiddle around with it a little bit, so to say, so to speak, and, and get it set up so I can, because I want I want the kids to spend less time on YouTube and some other crap, you know. Yeah, um, there's a lot of shit on YouTube. Yeah, so I'm trying to filter out as much of that as possible. So we'll see. But the uh, Apple Airport Extreme was the uh, first step in that process, and very cool. Third, except the thing is, the thing runs fairly warm. Yeah, I uh, was I. Compared to that Linksys I had, it was it was fairly warm. Yeah, all the ones I've ever had, um, both Apple and, and third party, they they tend to run pretty warm. So I wouldn't wouldn't be too concerned about that. But oh, I'm not. I'm not. It's just warmer than that Linksys that I had. Yeah, remember Apple doesn't put fans in their stuff, and well, not not that generally routers have fans. Some of the heavy duty ones do. The Netgears, uh, some of those do, but. Um, yeah, generally they don't, uh, but it's it's Apple's design probably that, that's causing the problem because, you know, the other guys, they have little holes all over the place on the top of their units. Apple doesn't. It's a, a, With the one you've got, it's, it's solid flat. And then the air holes, I think from memory on that one, are underneath just under the bezel and around the, the sides as well, but it, they're sort of very small air holes, just enough to let the heat dissipate but not really to let it cool down unless you switch it off. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not so hot to the touch. It's just you touch it. I, I'm not used to feeling any warmth when I touch the router. Mm-hmm. And now I feel just a little bit of warmth. So it's like, wow, that's pretty different. So Very cool. It doesn't nearly as warm as the Mac Mini does, but, um, you know, it's... Uh, it, it's got a little warmth to it, but very, very well pleased with it. Um, and at that price, and I got the one-year warranty, you know, standard from Apple. Yeah, the refurb store is excellent. Yeah. So I just thought, yeah, what the heck? I want, I need a new router. I haven't replaced mine for a few years. So I decided to go with that. And, and did you step up from a J network to the N network, or were you already on N? Um, no, I wasn't on end. So yeah, I've got, it's well, actually, it's set up so it'll pick the, you know, it'll pick whatever it the needs. Best. Yeah. Yeah. It, it isolates it to the different, uh, bandwidths available so that it doesn't, you don't get that. Uh, cause as, as you know, on, on the, uh, routers that do support N, if there's not two different, uh, wavelengths of, of, uh, frequency, then what will happen is the lowest common denominator. If that's a G device you've got. It'll Wins. run everything in the house on G, whether you've got N or AC or, or not. It'll just run really, really slow. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a big plus for Apple. And, and the third parties do that as well, but not on the entry-level stuff. You've got to step up a, a bit to get the, the better quality ones that will actually handle uh, that dual uh, sort of feed, I guess. Yeah, and then we uh, I decided to give it a real good test last night. I hooked my uh, television up, uh, set oh, it up nice. to, but which I could, I had it before, but I hadn't, uh, I hadn't fooled with it. And then we streamed, uh, the Avengers off of, uh, the net to watch, uh, the Avengers Cause I was in the mood for a superhero flick and everybody said, yeah, 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 let's watch superhero. And I think only my son and I had watched, uh, the Avengers all the way through. So we watched that, and everybody really enjoyed that movie. And, of course, now, you, know, you see it on the big screen and everything like that. So, Where, where did you get it from? Uh, Amazon. Okay. And previously, had you been able to do that via Amazon, or was this the first time streaming the actual movie? Because I know that you've got the Roku box. But Oh, yeah. This, this just replaces the Roku that was streaming from Amazon. Oh, okay. So you've done the streaming before, but this... Now you no longer need that separate box. Is that like a disappointment for you, or do you think you'd go back to the Roku box? Oh, I love my Roku. I'm probably going to take it upstairs to one of the dumb TVs up there. Mm-hmm. And to that, that's all I'm going to do. I'm just, yeah, I wouldn't trade my Roku for anything. Yeah, because you can record on there and everything, can't you? You can time shift. Re- no, I thought you could. No, I no. I had an internal drive where you could actually. Uh, store it on and then so it's more like the Apple TV yeah it's like the Apple TV except it's got a USB port that I can put ripped content on maybe that's where I was getting confused yeah I can pull content right off of that thumb drive which is what I use it has to be a non-powered basically a thumb drive is really the only thing it'll work with and it'll pull the content straight off that but the TV even has a USB port so I just took the thumb drive out of the Roku and put it into the back of the TV, which gave me a good excuse for last week to go buy, guess what? Another thumb drive. Now, Kevin, I do want to talk about thumb drives with you. Believe it or not, that was actually one of my topics, but I'm going to actually hang up on you and call you back. So give me a sec, because you're dropping out again. Um, You know, weird. We had Tim on last week. Not a dropout. Just you and me. It drops out. Someone doesn't like us. 
the NSA. Yeah. Well, we'll soon find out if we can reconnect. Back in a sec. Okay, thank God we were able to reconnect because otherwise... Ah, oh, Kevin! Oh, he's in pieces! And his mouth is open! Ah! <sighs> thank God he's back to normal now. Now, Kevin, I, I did want to talk storage drives because I'm actually writing an article at the moment uh, ex- based on external storage options for MacFusion. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, I write for MacFusion. Uh, Mac-fusion.com. Um... So go across there, check them out. They're they're a Mac uh, reseller, repairer, and and training facility um, based in the U.S. Very, very good, very reputable. So uh, go and check them out. Uh, Give them some support because they support me. And and what's – Kevin, you were looking strange there for a minute. Uh, for those the outside the United States, today is Super Bowl Sunday, an unofficial holiday here in the oh, United so States. So while I'm plugging my work, he's watching football or foosball yet again. I'm not watching foosball, I'm, and I'm not even watching the game. I am just I just checked the score. It was a very lopsided one one sided game, and uh, there's only about two minutes left in the game as we're talking right now. And Seattle Seahawks, congratulations! You will win the Super Bowl because there's no way anybody can pull off a miracle of coming back in two minutes to go from a 43 to eight deficit. Uh, Seattle's up 43 points. Uh, Denver is only has eight points. So Jeff Gamet will have a lot of sad people around him tomorrow. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> foosball, foosball. Um, actually, Kevin, let, let me ask you because I've never really checked out Gridiron much. Do they actually kick the ball in Gridiron? Yeah, they do. Okay, hence football. But, uh, it, it just but they only, it, it they kick it stupid. on kickoffs or field goals. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. No, it's sort of the same with the Australian Rugby League and rug and Rugby Union that's international as well. It, it's like they don't kick it very much. How, why call it football? The the ball doesn't go near the foot enough. To it, it's like hug ball. Call it hug ball because you hug the ball as tight as you can as you're running down the field, man. That's part of the problem for the Denver Broncos today. They haven't hugged it very tight. They kept dropping the damn ball, <laughs> <laughs> which is a shame. I was really hoping to see. I mean, I again, I I I liked both teams. I had no preference over who would win. Um, the only reason I kind of wanted the Denver Broncos to win was because I admire their quarterback. Um, and it would have been nice. I think he'd either been the first or second quarterback in the history of the game to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. Ah. So that that would have been interesting. So, But, hey, it is what it is. First time I've actually watched the Super Bowl in I don't know how many years because there's always been some team in there I hated so bad I couldn't stand to watch the game. <laughs> That's a real foosball fan right there. Yeah. Now, when you get passionate. You do. I know what that's like. Now, Kevin, uh, storage drives. Show us that little USB stick. Which one did you buy? Uh, It's a 32-gig SanDisk. Very groovy. SanDisk, good brand. I like it. So anyway, what I was saying before was uh, that I'm writing an article at the moment for MacFusion. It'll be out either this week or next week. And it's basically based around the storage drives, external storage. And this all came about because I broke my, uh, well, one of my USB sticks uh, the other day. It was an old 8 gigabyte one that I've had for, it'd have to be 6 or 7 years old. And it's literally, it's battered up, it's bruised, but it kept working. And then the, the casing split open on it, so I've, I've been looking at new ones. 
And Kevin Charmaine, is that all your dead ones in that baggie? Nope, they're all working ones. That's just one bag of thumb drives that I have. My God. Anyway, what, what I did want to discuss, Kevin, is what type of thumb drive is best do you have any favorite brands do you go for speed and performance do you go for capacity do you go based on price because i'm honestly looking at picking up a 128 knowing that obviously they're at a premium and they they cost a lot but a a high speed 128 probably a sand disc uh so that then i don't need to upgrade again for like another seven years if that makes sense well, first of all, I couldn't go more than seven days without buying a thumb drive, but that's a whole other problem. Yeah, I, um, I have that same issue with, with music, and, and Tim Chatton, who was on the show last week, has that same issue with basically anything on iTunes and anything Nintendo-related. We, we have com- obsessive-compulsive disorders, and we're not ashamed by them. These things happen. Kevin just loves his USB sticks. Oh, by by the way, I haven't sent this pretty little pink one to you yet. I've been meaning to send it and given it to Brattle, but but I keep forgetting. I've got a little TDK pretty pink one for Kevin, 8 gigabyte one, but it hasn't made it to his house yet. Well, then, I have... Lately, I've been buying mostly SanDisk. Um, The PNY are not bad. I don't know if you have access to them. You have yes, I see your thing sticking out there, Mark. I'm it's very dis. I'm poking it through the camera. It's going it's, international. Woohoo! We're into. Hey, dis- Kevin. Kevin, we're interfacing. No, hey, hey, hey. No, you, you got to become the female. I'm the male. What are you doing? Give me a female connection. Yeah, give me the cap. That's. There we go. And the listeners just dirty. got totally grossed out. We just interfaced across the world, man. You know what? I really want one of those for my MacBook Air. My only problem is they're bloody slow. Uh, this one, this is a SanDisk as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You can't read that. Um, I bought a lot of SanDisk. I tell you, another good brand that I've had good luck with is HP. I don't know who makes them for them, but the HP ones have done really good things for me. Now, that, that um, little small one, Kevin, because I've been looking at that one as well. Obviously, they don't come out in a 128 um, gig size um, that small. And besides which, it transfers slow, so you really wouldn't want it. Are they still USB 2 only, or have they moved up to USB 3? I haven't seen any of the small ones in USB 2. The only thing, or 3, the only thing I've seen in USB 3 are the large ones, like that other one I just bought. Yeah. Um, I really need and, the speed, but I I don't want some big thin because when I I take the laptop off my desk, I want to just unplug the power cord and have almost like doubled the capacity with the one twenty eight because I've got one twenty eight built in yeah. and get doubled the capacity. But I want something that's going to be thin and small so that when I've got it on my knee on the lounge, if I, I sort of move it to the side or something, it's not going to sort of break the the USB stick yeah. a bit. Yeah, no, I now I always go, first thing I look for is storage capacity because I don't necessarily um, need the speed. It, you uh, know what, I, I used to agree with you, but it drives me nuts. And, and I think it's more the SSD in the MacBook Air that's caused me to start hating the slow speed of other components. But Oh, yeah. It, it's any... It, I, I now rarely, when I'm copying something... Um, or moving stuff around the MacBook Air and so forth, I rarely see that little copy, uh, you know, blue bar happen. 
But as soon as I put in USB, oh my god, it's just there and it's there and it's there and it's there and it's like, come on, speed up. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah, no, I um I I that's that's primarily been what I've been doing is I've been buying capacity because that's really what I need. Um I need to carry around large capacity of data or something like that. I carry a 64 gig with me on a regular basis uh all the time. And then I have a I have a half a dozen or maybe a dozen 32 gigs. I have uh probably half a dozen 8 gigs. Mhm or 16s and and uh probably four or five eight gigabytes i jump past eight gig for some reason um but i do there is a price premium you do pay for usb3 enabled ones and some of the faster ones because you can get 128 gig usb2 for i've seen them for around 60 dollars us yeah which is a and they're price. almost double on usb3 aren't they Yes, they're actually a little more than double on on mm-hmm. for USB three one. They're about a hundred and seventy, hundred eighty. I'll tell you another good brand that I've used uh, is uh, Voyager. I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. I've used. I used to have a Voyager. Um, I carried all the time, and I liked it. But um, yeah, now, I mean, I go ahead. I, I was just going to say, compared to to this, a, a little external. Um, Three and a half um, drive. This this one that I've got here is a Seagate. Uh, this one's a five hundred gig. I've got a couple of these five hundred gig ones. Um, how come you don't sort of carry these around? Is it just that it's too bulky and you've got the cord and you don't want to be bothered with the bulk, or it, is there a reason that you go the smaller capacity with the USB versus going the larger capacity with these, and and they're still quite portable? Um. Well, who says I don't also carry those around? We did. Oh, we <laughs> so we didn't go there yet. Okay, so you carry these ones as well. Can I ask you, is this work stuff that's going back and forth that you need access from home with as well, or is this personal stuff? Um, most of it's personal stuff. And is it like you know, a backup, have... or is it is it another no, form I... of backup, or is it like just generic data? It's a little bit of both. Uh, actually, for backup, I do keep a portable. Um, it's a one or yeah, it's a one or yeah, one terabyte drive that I keep uh, at my office at work that has a super duper backup of my Mac here. Mm-hmm. Um, then I carry a five hundred gig. I think it's a five hundred gig. I have another travel drive like that or maybe it's 250 that i just have some generic stuff on it that i might need at some time stuff i rarely need to and probably about every 18 months or so that drive will get cleaned off and then refilled with other stuff mm-hmm. you know that i might need but the thumb drives just because they're so handy for a lot of things that i do and because they're so cheap and they'll do, just like i said for movies you can get a lot of movies on a 32 gig uh, drive, and then I don't ever have to worry because I think that yeah, that's what I've got plugged into my TV right now. So, well, it might be a 64. I don't know, uh, but I you know I can get a lot of content on that drive, and then just have call it up and watch it straight away, just mm-hmm. like I did coming through the Roku. It was really nice, and uh, you know, boom, boom, and I'm there, and it's playing and it streams just fine. You know, no problem at all. Now, do you ever oh. get lost in the amount of thumb drives you've got to not know what's on what thumb drive? Yes, I do. That's a hassle, isn't it? 
other than labeling them, there's no way around that. It's a pain in the butt. Now, I do. I mean, there are certain ones that I know have certain things on it. There's a, uh, I think, no, it's this HP one that's laying right here on my top of my desk. This is an 8 gig one. This has a couple Linux ISOs on it that I use on a somewhat regular basis. Mm -hmm. And then the PNY 16 gig has uh, is set up with UNet booting, and I don't know what distro. It has a Linux distro that I've customized. I can't remember what was the last one I did it with. So I could boot from that. I have another one that I have set up with portable apps. That, you know what I'm talking about for yes. Windows, how you can do the portable apps. I have another one set up for that. Now, those drives, I, I kind of know, and just like the one I carry with me all the time, that's a 64 gig, I know exactly what's, that, what's on that one. I know it by sight. The rest of them just have random stuff on them, and periodically I'll go through and clean them off. Yeah, well, so what I do is I tend to run a, uh, a temp folder, um, and so I'll dump everything in that temp folder. So working files and everything, uh, I'll just go and, and copy everything into there that I'm working on. Then that way I've got one pool of, of information where I go to for everything. The final work that I do, though, is all correctly uh, filed away and, and, and catalogued and everything. But then this temp folder, if I was to delete everything that's in there, it's only the last day's worth of work in there, for instance, and, and just other crap that I no longer need. So I'm sort of looking at, you know, a, an external USB stick to be to take over that temp folder role. But the problem is I need it to have the capacity um, to, you know, deal with two and three gigabyte files, uh, you know, a couple of times a week. So I, I need the throughput to be reasonable so that there's no bottlenecking happening. No, I, no, that makes sense. I did do that at one time, but, um, things have changed around and the way I work and the way I work remotely and all that. So I don't need to do that anymore. Um, but I do keep some stuff on there that, you know, it's 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 stuff that I might want reference to. Like I have, uh, there's a couple spreadsheets that I built for myself that I do stuff in, and I just carry nothing secret. They're just uh, there are some calculation spreadsheets and stuff like that that I use periodically. They're on there, and I can give somebody a copy of them really quick. I don't want to junk up our file server at work with all this crap, so I just mm -hmm. stick it on thumb drive. It's on. It's probably on two or three thumb drives to actually to be actually truthful. And, you know, I've got around, and it's probably on the, uh, I think it's a 250 or whatever, no, it's a 300 gig uh, uh, portable Western digital, I think, that's in my backpack that I carry around all the time. So, mm -hmm. well, I one, mean, one other way that I use it is, is when I'm doing work that's mission critical and I've been working on something for a week or two weeks and I cannot lose that file, uh, that's the file that I, I put on the US, so... I've got it on not only the hard drive on my Mac, but I'll have it in the cloud in every single cloud format, box, Dropbox. I'll even take, I won't even trust the, the pages extension. I'll convert it to a, a doc file. I'll also print it out to a, a PDF file. And I'll have all these different files everywhere. And then I have them all on this USB stick that I can take with me and, and put in my pocket. I even actually have an app called USB Drive on my iPhone uh, that acts like a, a, a USB drive. But you've got to use it through iTunes. It doesn't mount as a drive, which is a bit disappointing. But it, it's probably an Apple-restricted thing. 
But the reason... Yeah, I, I think I have that app too. I just don't use it. Yeah. I, 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 only, it's only a hassle because you've got to go through iTunes, then you've got to sync. And that is just... Uh, it, it'd be great if it could just launch a little sort of file app storage thin uh, a little icon on the desktop and you just double click and drag and drop that'd be cool but i do this uh so that if the house burns down or if someone robs the house regardless i've still got the work that i've been working on because that's super important so uh well you know if the house burns down i've probably got other concerns likewise if i'm robbed but at least i know that i can get the submission in on time i guess well, of course, there's always the famous thumb drive. Do you remember me showing you this one? Oh, yes, the Sheldon thumb drive. Very cool. It's a little disturbing to see, but, you know, there's Sheldon's head. Imagine so. Jim Parsons, what he thinks about his head popping off, you know? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't even know if I've got anything on this one. I just bought it as a goof. I'll have to look here later and see if I have any data actually on this drive. Because I think it's a... I can't remember whether it's 16 or... Or 8 gig. I want to say it's 16 gig, but I don't have anything on it. Now let, I'm let, pretty sure. Let me ask you about some other um, storage devices. that Because I, I know thumb drive is your thing. Uh, have you looked into Thunderbolt connected SSD drives? And look uh, past it, the price. Yes and no. <laughs> I have looked into them. I haven't been able to look past the price. Yeah. Because what I've actually toyed around with doing is trying to get at least like a 256 or, you know, 240, somewhere in that neighborhood, USB Thunderbolt SSD and start booting my computer from that. Because that should be uh, pretty damn fast. Yes. Thunderbolt over SSD. Uh, and that would be as opposed to, I won't touch this iMac until the uh, Apple Care expires on mm-hmm. it. But that would be opposed to taking it someplace because I'm not pulling this glass off myself. Oh, hell no. I I wouldn't do it either. You'd take your life into your own hands doing that. Number one, it's big and heavy. Number two, it can break. And number three, and and the worst possible case scenario, you can get dust in there. Yeah. I'll take it to somebody. I would consider taking it to somebody and letting them put, because you can put a second drive inside of this one Mm -hmm. and put an SSD in there to boot. Consider that. As an interim step, though, I want to try a Thunderbolt. Uh, I, I go the external, and, and you can get, I think, 12 South makes them, where they've got the little stand that you can put on the back of the stand of the iMac, and it, it sort of sits there, and you just put the drive on there, and you'd never know that it was there. Well, yeah, you would, because when you come through the door to my office, you can kind of see the back of my Mac. So, Okay, but it would look elegant and clean. This is true, it would. And it would match. It, it, it you does. Know, it's a $70 it, thin, but it looks cool. Yeah, that's... I got a $15 thumb drive I'm not using because it looks cool with the, with the, the Jim I, Parsons. I know your addiction. So it's, uh, you know, it's that. But, uh, I, you know, that's something I, I definitely will consider. Um, but the price on them, the enclosures are still fairly high. Yeah, it's, it's ludicrous. It, it's, it's way too expensive. I couldn't afford one at the moment. Uh, powered hard drive, uh, desktop hard drives that go straight into your electrical plug, go anywhere up to eight terabytes. Oh, Kevin's got a grin on his face. What have you got on your desk? Um, I've got a 750 gig and two... 
no, one, one, one terabyte and a two terabyte on my desk. You did say on my desk. Okay, yes. so I can stop there. That's what's on my oh desk. Oh, my God, and you can stop that. Jeez. You, you've got data issues, Kevin. Um, yeah, but anyway. The, <laughs> then I have, uh, I have five portable uh, hard drives, the non-powered ones. Mm-hmm. And I've got, in my storage drawer, I've got four more powered portable wow. or desktop drives. They're all of the 120 to 300 gigabyte. No, one of them's, nah, two. There's a couple 120s. They're, they're getting some age on them. I have a couple 250s. I have a Firewire 400. I still Max, love Firewire. I do too. I have a Firewire 400 Mac store that is three or 400 gigs. I can't remember. And it, it actually has the last uh, super duper backup. And I really could get rid of it off my black MacBook from 2007. Yeah, I think you could probably dump that. But you know what? In all honesty, boot into it first and make sure that you've got all the files that you want out of there. Because uh, sometimes there's just files in weird folders that you come across that you need. Question. Do you ever use a classic as a hard drive? Uh, no. I've never used my classic as a hard drive. Where you can mount them as a... Yeah. yeah mount no, them as I've an ne- actual disk drive. Because you can do that with all the iPods. You can do it even with the Shuffle. God knows why you would. There's not enough storage, but you can do it, which is yeah. kind of cool. Well, I could mount my... Uh, I've got right... Oops, wait a minute. I'm showing you something. My Nano that yep. I carry with all the time. I could mount it. Yeah, so it's a shame that you can't mount the iPhone or the iPod Touch or an iPad. Because if, if you're connecting it to charge anyway... Why not mount it and use it for something? Yeah, I don't. Maybe there's a third-party app or there's a, an, a third-party way to do it. I don't know, but I've never come across anything. Um, now, last one that I want to talk about, uh, network-attached storage. No, I do not use any NAS yes! storage. Yes, right? I win, I win, I win. I said right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, look, I, I love NAS because uh, I can be on either computer and have this central storage um, and not do the sneaker net with the, the USB drive. Uh, that being said, um, the non-Apple-supported ones, whilst they work, oh, man, you've got to keep reconnecting those suckers. They just they drop off and it's annoying. They, they just don't remain mounted which look it's just press one button you know connect to server and and select which one and go done and and it's there but it's painful and tedious yeah i've been looking at a uh it's a western digital four terabyte is it my book i forget what it's called not it they have two different versions one of them's kind of a tries to be smart and the other one's dumb i'm looking at the dumb one and then I was going to uh, divide it in half. Well, the, uh, good, the good thing with your ex- extreme, you can just pop USB yeah, drives straight into it. You don't even... So the whole idea of network-attached storage for anyone listening who doesn't know is that it connects over... The modern ones now connect over Wi-Fi, but they're generally media-style uh, ones where uh, you use it with your iPad and an app on your iPad, which is pretty cool. It extends the, the storage available to iPads. 
Uh, but the ones I'm talking about and the ones I use connect in through your standard Ethernet blue wire connection. Um, and they're usually pretty fast. The desktop, well, the one ones I've got a server grade, which all that means is that they run at 7,200 RPM and maintain X amount of a transfer speed. Um, server grades are 10,000 RPM. Are they? Yeah, servers. Okay, server, so unless I'm, I'm wrong. That's yeah, unless I'm wrong, server server drives are the uh, ten thousand RPM drives. You know what? I thought that they actually discon- discontinued the ten thousand drives for the consumer market because you can't find them very frequently. Um, yeah, they're they're not easy to find. They're yeah. fairly expensive. Seventy two hundred is fine, but in the truest terms, as I remember them. You to to be qualified as a server drive, it had to be ten thousand RPM. Yeah, I think maybe if we went back to two thousand and five, that was definitely the case. Um, now though, I'm not too sure because I know Buffalo classes their drives as server grade at seventy two hundred. Yeah, I. But look, at, yeah, uh, I haven't. Look, I, 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 I haven't kept up with it as much either. So yeah, neither have I. I. I just buy them when I need them, and I haven't bought one for a couple of years. Because the Buffalo drives are really reliable. They, they tend to just last and they're very heavy duty. Um, and see, Apple also classes their drive in their, uh, in, in their airport uh, time capsules. They also class their 7200s as server grade. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, well, I mean, look, you can buy an Apple uh, uh, Mac Mini server and it's got, it comes, it'll come with 5400 RPM drives in it. Yeah, that's that's not server capable. That that's 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 not even server capable for someone doing word processing. It's why I don't yeah, like the twenty one point five inch iMac that they've released. So maybe the the lines are blurred. But yeah, I I agree with you, do you Kevin. Do you remember the fifteen hundred RPM, fifty sorry fifteen thousand RPM drives that came out in the late nineties? Yeah, they, they they were blisteringly fast. They they were some nice drives, but I and, don't even know if they make them anymore. And they were blistering in another way too. Yeah, very hot to run. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's one of those things. But see, see, maybe something like SSD has replaced the need for for the higher spinning drives. Because, I mean, SSD is faster than 7200 anyway. I don't know how it compares to 10,000 or 15,000, though. Yeah, I, I think they are because uh, our friend Allison, when she got her new MacBook Pro, she actually got a one terabyte SSD in her uh, MacBook Lucky Pro. Lucky devil. So um, yeah, it's I, I would say and now we don't run any we don't run any SSDs on our servers yet. I so I know some of the newer servers they they're starting to look at the boot disk to be an SSD on the on the servers. Um, but then that gets into the whole architecture discussion and the way you want to work it, and that's a whole different thing. The new laptop that I have for work, I have a Dell Dimension XPS, and I'm sorry. But that is one freaking awesome little ultrabook because <laughs> it's all solid state. Yep. And it runs it runs Windows Seven like nobody's business, um, and it makes my life extremely easy. Um, you know, I'm it's, still six. Well, no, about eight months now since I've had SSD. I'm still getting used to. Ah, oh, I can shut down at night because when I get up in the morning, it's a twelve second boot up time. It's just incredible. You don't think anymore. And it's not only the boot up until the login screen, but then once you log in, when I go back to the iMac, it takes 
a, a while for everything in the, the menu bar to load up and for it to get ready. You can click on something like iTunes and it won't open. As soon as I unlock the, the, the MacBook Air, I'm ready to do something. Yeah, that, I will say my iMac, uh, because it is a spinning drive, excuse me, does take a, a little while to boot. Um, and plus, I've gotten carried away. I need to clean my damn menu bar out and uh, get some of the apps. You can put too much crap in there. Yeah, and that uh, that tends to uh, cause some issues, but it boots pretty quickly. I mean, considering this computer will be, what, three years old in June, I guess, um, it still boots fine for me, and I don't reboot it that often. I no, it's incredible to it. think that it's three years. It doesn't seem like you've had that for three years. It still feels, as someone looking in from the outside, it still feels like a brand new Mac, that it's only like a year old. Yeah, it still does to me, too. That's why I think this machine will go five years or maybe longer before I do any. I'll probably run it to the point that it will not um, uh, support the OS, you know, whatever version of OS ten is out. Well, particularly if you get, if you move up to SSDs, the boot drive, then you've got the performance there. You've got the, the processor cores. You've got the RAM. It's like... Really, you boot off SSD. There's there's nothing else you need to do. It's uh, it's it's almost at the stage where computing is at the point of, of diminishing returns on an investment to upgrade. Uh, you know, I, I did sort of state when I got this one, well, I'll, I'll upgrade again next year. But it would have to something fantastic would have to come out. It would have to be significantly more powerful. It would have to be a better battery life again. Something on on an upgrade from what I've currently got would have to make me go wow yeah i i just uh, i've got a quad core i7 running at i don't remember three something gigahertz i i very rarely tax it um occasionally skype when we do video skype right now it's i got a couple of the cpus of the threads that are you know like a quarter up there mm-hmm. but you know it's not well, really my, pushing my, it that mine are running at a quarter um which isn't too bad for an entry-level macbook air uh, so Skype, Skype's, uh, you know, it's taxing it a little bit, but it's not taxing it too much, which is, uh, really good actually. So yeah, the, the is, processors are just wonderful these days. Yeah. It's a 3.4 gigahertz Intel core i7, quad core i7 actually. So you, you, you've got, you, you've got plenty of power there. Mine's a 1.3 gigahertz Intel core i5. So uh, you know, I'm I'm running very slow in comparison to you, uh, just based on on technicalities on clock speed. Number one, you got the i7, which is faster again, and number two, you're more than than double the speed, double the clock speed. Plus, you've got the the four processor cores. I've only got the two, so yeah, and, and, you're set and for I'm, years. And I bumped up, and I can still put another 16 gigs of RAM. I've got 16 in here. And if RAM starts to come down, it's been coming down in price. I've been keeping an eye on it. I think I'll buy another 16 gigs of RAM and shove in here, so I'll have 32. I because I use virtual machines, and that's where yep. that's where the RAM goes. And then I've got two gigs of video RAM mm-hmm. in this in this computer too, and nice. it's not shared. That's not shared. That's two gigs of dedicated video RAM. So. Yeah, I don't see this computer going anywhere for a long time. But, you know, I get fascinated, um, and we can get off this topic. Uh, I get fascinated. The Mac Mini has come so far that I'm not so sure that if I buy another desktop computer that I might buy a Mac Mini because you can still get access to it and do some things more to it than you can the current iMacs. 
That's true. The tinkering is better. The ability to output straight to HDMI is is nice uh, if you want to, so you can have it as a media sensor as well. But I think based on what you've got, that you'd be going backwards instead of forwards. The only thing that would probably what would trip my uh, trip me up was if they take out the ability to upgrade the RAM just because of the Apple still charges a premium for RAM mm-hmm. and over what you can uh, pay for it. And that's why if I would buy another iMac right now, even though a 21 would probably be okay, the fact that I can't get into it to put RAM in it, and that's the stupidest damn thing I think in the world that they've no, done. The, the slow hard drive speed, the 5400 RPM drive in a desktop machine makes no sense either. Well, I won't disagree there either, but... If they if they won't let me upgrade the RAM, then that keeps me away from wanting to use the twenty one and a half inch. Um, so I would I would buy the twenty seven inch just on just on that alone because it's you know you, it's got that little door in the back you pop off and put the RAM in. So you know, or you could just buy the Mac Pro, of course. I mean, you'd have to get a divorce first to to do it, but you could could just buy the Mac Pro. I'd have to sell my truck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tricked out a Mac Pro the other day. You know how you do it. It's entertainment sure. with a 4K display. And I want to say it was around 16 or 17 grand. Yeah. You know, th- they're super expensive. I mean, they're so, super cool, super fast. But what I would have liked to, I think, see Apple do in that instance, I would have liked them to keep the old Mac Pro around uh, a little bit longer until they got this new one off the ground and I, I know it's not Apple's idea to do that, but it's just one of those things that would have been nice to, uh, why, why, why you got a corkscrew? It's on my knife. Talk, talk about, you know, just going off topic. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> so in other words, Kevin's saying it's getting around to the hour mark. We better call it quits. Sounds good to me. You know what, Kevin? We did miss out on one topic that I wanted to talk about, and that was uh, giving presentations. Uh, Open Office, PowerPoint, Keynote, which is best for compatibility. But we'll leave that till next week. Uh, because I, I've been using Open Office, and the compatibility with PowerPoint, it's there. But there's just issues where you got to go keep going back and forth. And yeah. LibreOffice. Haven't tried that one. I might give that a try till next week and then let you know what I think. I think it's better than Open Office and a good topic. And for next week, we will also talk about my very first ever Creo kit build. Which yes, I, I saw the picture. That's very cool. Had Klingons. So that's right. Had Klingons. But, and it was about to circle Uranus. So. And on that note, we have just recorded Geeky Show over episode 137. Thank you for joining me and Kevin as always. Kevin, where can the listeners find out more about your journeys to their anus or your anus or someone's anus? I don't know. It's, oh, it's an awfully dark hole. Yes. Well, it depends. If you shine a flashlight, it's not so dark. Anyway, if they want to find out... Most of the time, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A or about.me forward slash Kevin Alder links over to most everything else that I do. I need to get spending more time on Google+. Plus. I love Google+. Plus. I just don't have the time to spend there. You know what? I actually started doing that with the community thing for Not on the Mac podcast, and i got to say, 
it's kind of cool. A few people sort of get in and have conversations, but not too many people are interacting. Maybe I'm just boring. I don't know. Uh, but it's one of those things that I think everyone's at that stage where they just don't know how to fit Google Plus into their their lifestyle, if you will, or in, into their social networking. Because Twitter does command a lot of time for people who are dedicated there, and then the other half are dedicated on Facebook. And Google Plus just seems to be the bastard child of of the two. So. Well, I would Google Plus an app dot net. Well, that that thing's just dead. Sorry, Ronnie, yeah. but it is. I I still poke in over there once in a while. Um, Google Plus just requires more of a a commitment and more focus. And frankly, I right now with my schedule the way it is, I don't have the time for it. Yep, that's the sad part. So. Anyway, that's that's where you can find me. And to find me, simply head across to markgreentree.com. That was nice and easy, and no underscores. Thank God, because Kevin's got a lot of them. I like it. I like to underscore my importance. My God, now he's highlighting his importance. Anyway, thank you for listening and subscribing. Until next week, take care. And don't forget, between now and next week, to hug a geek. curious about nintendo well check out the nintendo club podcast this podcast is done twice a week we dive into all things nintendo we dive into retro we dive into current games what we're playing what cool nintendo news is going on check it out here at the spotlight network the nintendo club podcast we broadcast this live out every sunday evening starting at 8 p.m eastern check out the nintendo club website for more information <laughs>